Hi, my name is Mike Arce, CEO of Loud Rumor, an organization that helps fitness studios all over the world grow and be more successful. I'm also the host of Top Fitness Business Podcast, the GSD Show, and your host on this podcast as well. And the goal of this podcast is to help you stay informed on some good ideas that your fitness studio can implement to succeed during this uh, pandemic. And in this episode, I'm here with Nick Silveri. Uh, Nick is actually also the host of a podcast. Uh, he's got a company called Leverage. And he is probably one of the most educated people I've met so far on this payroll protection program. You actually have not just been reading blogs and other people's podcasts and content. You've actually read through the bill, like you said, three times. You understand it very well, right? Yeah, I, I would say that I'm in the top 1% of 1% of non-politicians <laughs> in the country, yeah. All right, so that's why you're here, to help me understand it a lot better and to everyone else that's listening in. And yep. so everyone, just so you guys know, um, I'm actually going to be sharing my screen as well. So if you're listening to this, uh, make sure you go over and watch the actual episode on YouTube. And um, it'll be called something about payment protection program when Dr. Nick Silveri. And um, I'll share my screen. I'm going to be jotting notes down on my iPad. And, um, and that's how we'll be able to visually show everything. So I'm going to share my screen right now. And just real quick, Mike, uh, just so they, they, they can Google the correct things, it's Paycheck Protection Program. Paycheck Protection Program. Okay. Yeah, and it's part of the CARES Act, C-A-R-E-S, is the big $2 trillion bill. But the section that you care about as a, as a gym owner is, uh, is the Paycheck Protection Program. Okay, hang on. So I'm going to write that down right here. So Paycheck. Yep. Protection Program. Okay. So we'll, we'll refer to it as PPP just to save some time as I because we'll talk about it a lot. You got it. Okay. Sounds great. So what do you got? What do we need to know? All right. And again, like I, I'm not only do I have the marketing agency like you, but I'm also a chiropractor. So I'm a small business owner with a brick and mortar, like a gym. And the reason why I reached out to Mike, cause I, I said, you know, gyms have the same problems that chiropractors are having right now in that our payroll and our rent and our utilities are probably our big, biggest expenses. Yep. So the, the four things that we'll talk about today are who's eligible, what will lenders be looking for, how much can I borrow, and will this loan be forgiven? So the, 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 the great on, part hold, about- Hold on, oh, sorry. hold on. Yep. What vendors are looking for? Uh, no, uh, what lenders, sorry, what lenders are looking for? What lenders? Like the banks. Yep. How much can I borrow? And will this loan be forgiven? Borrow, and will this loan be forgiven? Yes. Okay, go ahead. All right. So number one is, am I eligible? So this is for small businesses uh, with any, any, any business that has under 500 employees, which I would imagine would, uh, would apply to almost every uh, gym that is out there. Yep. Um, you are going to, uh, so basically, and actually it doesn't even matter if you're a personal trainer, if, if you're a 1099 employee, if you're a sole proprietorship, if you're an independent contractor, uh, this would also work for, uh, for you. Um, the only thing that is going to be a little bit iffy is if you don't get paid through a 1099 or through a W-2, they still haven't, uh, become very clear on how they are going to, um, quantify, you know, like a K-1 form or a schedule C if you pay yourself through owner's distributions. Um, so that's still a little bit iffy, but basically if you, if you run your own business, um, if you're self-employed, this is going to work for you. Okay. Um, so, and the only two things 
that will make you eligible for this are if you were in business before February 15th and if you were paying yourself and or others before February 15th. So it doesn't have anything to do with your ability to repay this. It doesn't have anything to do with your credit score. Uh, the problem is, is that banks are going to be the ones that are distributing the money. So your individual bank may ask for things beyond those two things, but the bill says that those are the two things that matter. The federal government earmarked $349 billion to be able to basically give you the money so that you could then pay yourself and your staff. The way that I've kind of finally come to realize it is that the, the government does not want people on unemployment right now. They don't want the unemployment number to get to like 30%. So basically what, and we'll talk about how much you can borrow, but basically they're going to give you some money to then just pass through to your staff to keep them off of unemployment. And they'll give you a little bit more so that you can cover some of your expenses too for probably the, the hassle of having to deal with it. Because okay. the easiest thing to do would be just to put people on unemployment, but they don't want that. So they want you to basically take the money from the government, give it to your employees. Yeah, it's the easiest thing to do, but it's the most expensive thing to do the way the government looks at it, right? Right, right. Okay. And you said for eligibility, it's uh, if in business before February 15th and something else, correct? Yeah, if you were paying yourself or employees before February 15th. So like if you just set up a corporation on February 14th, but you didn't pay anyone, you probably won't uh, qualify. Okay, got it. Yeah. But okay. anyone that has a gym uh, is going to have done this before February 15th, I would imagine. Yep, got it. Okay, cool. So, so basically, that's the only thing that would essentially make sure you're eligible, right? Is Correct. I've been in business before February 15th that I've been paying myself and my employees uh, since before February 15th as well. According to the bill, yes. Okay, got it. Okay, and that's it. All right, great. So let's go to the next thing. What, what do we need to know? So the lenders uh, are going to be looking for proof of your payroll. So um, the, the way that they're going to determine how much you can borrow is, is off of your average monthly payroll costs. So if you have, I don't know what, what gyms normally carry, but let's say for my, my practice, I, I have about $30,000 a month in payroll. So you will have to bring your last 12 months. So let's say you applied on April 15th, um, you would bring your payroll numbers, like anything that you, like your 941s, any 1099s, any type of, of documentation that you have that shows that you paid employees. Um, you're gonna do that from the 12 months prior. So that would be April 15th, 2019, up until April 14th, 2020. Okay. They will, and this is gonna include any, any pay that you've given people, or any benefits. So if you have a retirement system with your, with your gym, if you, have, um, if you have health insurance premiums that you pay for your employees, anything that is a benefit or actual like, here's a paycheck that you give to your employees or your 1099s. 1099 services, like if you have a cleaning company come in and you 1099 them, that does not count. But if you're like 1099ing uh, your trainers, that would count towards your payroll. So bring everything possible because the, the best case scenario is that you get as high as possible. If you don't bring the documentation, you're not gonna qualify for as much. So they're gonna determine what was your average monthly payroll expense and then they're gonna multiply that by 2.5. That's gonna be the amount that you can, that you're eligible to borrow. 
So what the average monthly payroll expense is. So like you said, your average monthly you said is about 30,000. Yeah. So, so I would qualify for 75. So you would qualify for a $75,000. They would send you a check. They'll probably just direct deposit it. The way that it's supposed to work is the day that you apply, they're going to originate the loan and they're going to deposit the money in your account that same day. That's the way the government is saying it's supposed to work. Okay, hang on. So take the average monthly amount, times it by 2.5. Yep. And that should be direct deposit into account. So for example, um, 30K, yep. 30K a month would equal yep. 75K loan, correct? Yep, yep. Okay, now this is a loan that from what I'm understanding, you wouldn't have to pay back or it could be forgiven if it's used for this kind of stuff, correct? If you, there's a few things you have to be aware of to get the loan fully forgiven, all right? Okay. So let me explain the spirit of the law. The spirit of the law is that the government wants you to keep 100% of your staff on your payroll and they want you to pay them 100% of what they make normally, right? Okay. Then they also want you to use it for these covered categories, which we'll go through here in a second. So the covered categories are your payroll costs. So like what you pay your staff, health insurance premiums, if you do health insurance through, your, uh, through the business, um, rent, utilities, interest on mortgage loans. So if you like have a, a loan on your building, the interest on that, not the principal, and then also interest on any business loans that you might have. Wow. Uh, so okay. again, not the principal, just the interest. But what I recommend is almost every bank is allowing people to go interest only, if not deferring their payments for the next couple of months. So what you should do is you should talk to your bank. Hey, can I, can I defer uh, uh, or can I go interest only for the next 90 days? And then you could potentially use this money to pay the interest. Okay. So you said interest on the building. What else could be forgiven? Uh, interest on the, uh, on the mortgage or I'm sorry, on, on, on the business loan. Sorry. On the business loan. Okay. Uh, rent. So, so if I'm paying, if I'm paying eight grand a month on rent right now, mm -hmm. that could be something that could be forgiven. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay, great. Just so you know, I have my brother joining. He's our director of finance. I figured, I figured he would be, uh, he get a lot of value out of this. And also, he may have some good questions. Steven, just so you know, this is Nick Silveri. He's awesome. And he, he considers himself in the top 1% of the 1% of people that understand um, the, the Paycheck Protection Program out of everyone on the planet. So we're here to learn from him a little bit. Cool? Awesome. Nice to meet you. <laughs> What's going on, Steven? All right. So you said what would be able to be forgiven is interest on building, interest on the business loan, rent. So if I have $8,000 a month in rent costs, that could be forgiven. That part of yeah. it could be this okay. is a this is a covered this is a covered category rent yeah Got the it. lease would have had to have been in place before February fifteenth but yes. yeah perfect what else utilities and this is this is going to be important because I just learned this the other day rereading the bill for the third time uh, that includes electric uh, water gas um, phone internet and transportation. And I don't know what transportation means. I don't know if that would really, 
pertain to gyms, but that was in the bill. The yeah, I'm assuming if it's like subway costs and stuff like that, probably. I don't. I, who knows? Green. But um, but okay. I, I did like that the phone and the internet was included in the utilities because yeah. that's a you know that's a decent cost for some. Oh, and then uh, the health insurance premiums, um, if if they do uh, that through the um, through the business. Really. Okay. Anything else like payroll tax or anything like that? So when I say payroll costs, um, well, payroll I, I'm costs are on here. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. That's the, I mean, that's the main that's thing. The main, that's, yeah. that's the big thing that I just saw pay them. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The payroll costs. Um, now this is the part that I'm, I'm pretty sure I have this correct, but the, the federal withholding is not a part of this forgiveness, but I believe that they'll allow you to defer your federal withholding taxes on payroll until 2021 and 2022. So really? for all of 2020, I believe that you're going to be able to defer your federal withholding portion of payroll. Um, you would have, if you did it, you would have to um, uh, pay back at least 50% of that by the end of 2021. And then the remaining amount by the end of 2022. Wow. That's still amazing. Yeah. But the, the state, portion of it um the uh any local taxes that have to be paid is, is part of this really so state yeah. and local can be forgiven it, for payroll costs yeah yeah so state and local taxes and then federal just has some cool options to help you defer it out a little bit and pay back differently yeah the that like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of tax stuff in the bill itself so the uh, so some of these tax benefits um, may not actually be part of the Paycheck Protection Program, but they all kind of like work together. So you just have to be clear of, uh, and the banks will probably have more guidance on this. Um, they're supposed to get guidance by Friday, so they may have more of the details then. So this is just basically from like reading the bill. Got it. Cool. Anything else that we need to know about as far as what might be forgiven? Uh, that's what will be forgiven, but the, the time period that you have is important. So, uh, the covered period, this is what they, they call it. The covered period is between February 15th of this year to June 30th of this year. Hold on. Okay. So covered period is from when? February 15th, 2020. Yep. Uh, June 30th, 2020. And so what do you mean by that? So what I mean is, let's, let's say that you get your loan on April 15th. Yep. The easiest, simplest way to do it is to just, so you have eight weeks to be able to utilize the loan. So the money that, that 75 grand that they give you, you get eight weeks to use it. Okay. okay. So if you get the loan on April 15th and you just start paying things from April 15th on, that will be usable from April 15th to June 15th. All right. But you can also go back retroactively back to February 15th if you want to do that. Now, what I am unclear on is if you go back, let's say you had payroll that was due, that you paid out of your pocket on April 16th. Okay. You can go back to April 16th and, and basically use that as documentation to get the forgiveness at the end of the eight weeks. What I'm unsure of is does your eight weeks start on February 16th? and run to April 16th? Or do you get the eight weeks from the date of the origination? That's one of these things that's, they, the, the SBA is, is basically building the rule, because this is a brand new program they created out of thin air. 
they are basically building the, the plane as they're flying. So yeah. they're supposed to be giving more rules and some of the more, more of the details. Um, that's one of the things I'm not sure. If you go back retroactively, if the eight weeks starts from the first day you go back to retroactively, or if it's still the day you get the loan and forward. Perfect. Okay. Sounds good. So right now, like, and, and so the reason we came up with 75 K is because the example of you have 30 K a month in payroll, two and a half times that is what the loan amount would be. That'd be 75 K is what you'd get as far as direct deposit in as your loan. And then you have uh, from February 15th to June 30th to essentially use that $75,000 and be able to prove that you've used that $75,000 for the things listed below the interest on building interest on business loan, rent, utilities, payroll, all that stuff. Oh, here's, here's, uh, we'll get into the forgiveness. This is probably a good uh, transition into the forgiveness. So for the, how the loan is going to be forgiven is based on a couple of things. Number one is, did you use the money for these covered categories? All right. If, as long as you can prove with like canceled paychecks and, and um, uh, you know, business uh, checking account statements and however you paid for these covered categories, at the end of the eight weeks, you are going to um, apply for forgiveness. When you apply for the forgiveness, the bank then has 60 days to make a decision on whether you're forgiven or not. And again, the local bank that you go through is going to be the one that is deciding these things. So if you have a relationship with your banker, I'm hoping that will help some. But okay. as long as you use the money on these covered categories, uh, it will qualify for forgiveness, all right? The things that will matter on what percent of the money you get forgiven is based on two things. Your head count of what I think they, I can't remember the exact wording, but I think it's called like relative full-time employees. There's some like weird... Uh, phrase that they, they don't just say full-time employees and like define full-time employees. They say something like relative full-time employees. And I don't know if that means if you have two part-timers, that's one employee, or I don't really know how they're going to determine full-time employees. But basically what they want, what the bill wants, what we talked about earlier, is they want you to keep 100% of your employees on your payroll. They want all of those employees to make 100% of what they were making before. If you do that, you should be good when it comes loan forgiveness time. If you kept 100% of your employees, if you paid them 100% of what their like normal average salary was before this, and if you use the money for the covered categories, you do those three things, you should get 100% forgiveness. Yeah. And some people have asked like, well, could I fire, could I fire Sally and replace her with Sarah? And I think... The way that the wording is, is done is that um, we talked about headcount of full-time employees. The other thing that matters is, is the actual amount that you're paying them. So uh, you cannot drop anyone's pay, or I mean, you can, but you'll lose some loan forgiveness. You can drop people up to 25% of their individual pay. If you go beyond 25%, that's when you'll start to get dinged on the loan forgiveness percentage. What I'm unclear of is if you replace Sally with Sarah, Sally's pay goes to zero. So that technically would be cutting Sally's pay more than 25%, even though your overall payroll would stay the same because Sarah takes her place. I think that would, I don't think that flip-flop, I think it has to be the same roster of people the way that I'm understanding it. 
That may not be true. They may come out with some clarifications on rules, but the way that I'm reading the bill, I think that you have to keep the same individual people at at least 75% of what they individually make. Got it. So if you're paying somebody right now $48,000 a year, you can bring them down to $36,000 a year and not have any dings. It won't affect your loan forgiveness. Correct. So you get 2.5. So you have eight weeks to spend this money. The main thing that they, so of the 2.5, two of it, like the, the 2X is, is basically to pay your payroll, to just keep you going for eight weeks. The 0.5, the way I look at it is the government is giving you like some bonus money for dealing with the headaches of like distributing the money instead of just putting them on unemployment. Got it. Where do, where do you go? So let's say you're a fitness studio owner right now. Okay, yep. great. I, I know what's available to me. Yep. How do I begin this process? Where do I go? Uh, the local banks. So the SBA is guaranteeing the money, but it will be distributed through your bank. So wherever you have your business checking account, that's where you want to go first. Um, if your bank does not um, you know, qualify for, for this program, then you'll need to find someone who is basically, it's, it's through it's through the 7A program in the SBA. So you'd have to find a 7A approved lender um, if your local bank, but I, I have a feeling that all FDIC insured financial institutions will, which would be all of your banks, will be able to do this. Um, but well, like whether bank they of want America, to do it or not is another question. Like a Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, all oh, those. All of those, 100%. I'm talking about local community banks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they will as well. It'll probably be a decision of whether they want to do it or not. So not call them first and call them right now. Like they won't have any answers for you. Like I promise you that I know more about this bill than your banker does because your banker hasn't read the bill. He's just waiting for like corporate to give him like a fact sheet of what he's supposed to, or she are, is supposed to do. Um, so don't call your bank and, and ask them a bunch of questions because they just won't know the answers. What you just need, all you need to do is right now, Call your bank at like, as soon as you're done listening to this, call your bank, get an appointment for this Friday, because that is the absolute earliest that any of this money is going to be available. I have heard that it will take uh, anywhere from Friday all the way up to four weeks for the money to be available. No one really knows yet, but the banks are waiting for direction from the SBA. So the thing you want to do, call your bank. If you have a commercial banker, if you have a relationship with someone, try to get an appointment for this Friday. Now, really quick, uh, the appointment, could it be a phone appointment with this whole lockdown thing? Or can, They're can, probably going to, I would imagine most of them will be phone or Zoom, or maybe they'll open it back up for the commercial bankers. I've been hearing different things from different people. Okay. Um, but regardless, all you need to do is get the appointment. And then the other thing is you need to ask them, please tell me as soon as you know anything, as soon as you know what your application process is going to be, please call me, text me, email me, whatever, so I can start gathering up the appropriate documents. So this is the problem with the local banks doing it is I think that one bank's going to do it this way, another bank's going to do it that way. So if don't listen to your friends on what their bank's doing. Talk to your banker and find out what they will need. What I told you before, which was proof that you were in business before February 15th and proof that you were paying people before February 15th, along with your, uh, your 12 months of payroll costs. If you haven't been in business for one year, it's, it's January and February's payroll costs. So I think that those are the only things that are going to matter 
to apply for this. That does not mean that your bank is going to think the same thing. They might still think that you need to bring in your personal financial statement and your year-to-date numbers and your tax returns and all of that. So anything that you would normally have to use to apply for an SBA loan, I would start gathering that stuff up now. I think that is your 2017, 2018, 2019 personal and business taxes. If you haven't done your 2019 you said, tax- you said, you said 2017, 2018, 2017, and 2018, 2019 personal and business taxes. Okay. If you don't have your 2019 taxes, get a, a P&L statement from QuickBooks. So your internal numbers. Your 2020 internal numbers, so your year-to-date numbers, a personal financial statement, and um, for, for my chiropractic office, they would want to see my accounts receivables. For you guys, I think you would want to show um, what type of monthly recurring revenue you have because I doubt you guys have accounts receivables. Yep. Yep. So you said 2020 year to date numbers. Did you say something else before? Uh, personal break? financial statement. Okay. Again, I don't think any of this is going to be actually necessary according to the SBA, but your bank might want it. It's I good even, to have, uh, it's I good had, to have it prepared I, anyway. I mean, at the end of the day, you should be able to get these things pretty quickly on your own. You should, you should get these together also for any type of state loans, uh, local grants. Like these are the things that lending institutions would want. Um, so anything that you can apply for uh, outside of the federal government, you should be doing that. Okay. Uh, here's one other thing that, I, uh, that a lot of people have probably heard about, which is the uh, EIDL, which is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. Uh, this is important for the Paycheck Protection Program though. Um, a lot of people are wondering, can I do both? The Senate committee that wrote this section of the bill themselves said, yes, you can get a disaster loan. And yes, you can apply for the PPP loan. What you need to be aware of though, is that you cannot use the disaster loan money for the same things that you're trying to get loan forgiveness on, on the PPP loan. So just be sure that you're not double dipping. Another thing that people are- on, so are give, me, give me an example. So uh, don't take out the disaster loan and then use the disaster loan money for April's payroll and then try to get loan forgiveness for April's payroll. I'm confused by that. Sorry. So here's, okay. So here's your EIDL yep. loan. Like let's say you get $100,000 for your EIDL loan. Yeah. Right. That's an actual loan. There's no forgiveness there. It's just an actual loan. Right. Right. Then you get 75,000 for your, your paycheck protection program. Yep. Right. The paycheck protection program, let's say you got it on April 1st. That is there to pay your employees for April and May. And then you got a little bit left over for rent, utilities, and the other stuff. Right. Got it. Yep. Do not use your disaster loan money, your 100K that they loaned you. Don't use that money to pay payroll in April and May. Got it. So, so run dry first on the first thing before you start using the second thing. I would, I would separate them. I would take out the loan, get the 100K, right? Use the 75K for April and May for those covered categories and anything else that you think you need help with, I would use that disaster loan money for that. I would not use it for any of these covered categories in the eight weeks that I was using the PPP loan 
because that will affect your loan forgiveness. Which, which would make sense. Like, why would you want to use the EIDL when you can't get forgiven on that? Why wouldn't you want to use all the money that you would get for this payroll protection program for these categories anyway? If you can get it I agree, but just, just so you know, don't do that. Just keep the disaster loan money for when, like, maybe at the end of May, you can't, like, continue this. Now you could use the disaster loan money for your rent, your utilities, if you want to keep payroll. Like, you could use it for, for that then if you wanted to, but just don't use it for the Paycheck Protection Program covered category stuff. One last thing I'll say about EIDL is when you apply for the EIDL, they will offer you a $10,000 advance, which the EIDL loan is actually going to be determined on your uh a portion like they are going to make a decision on your ability to repay this so you can get a ten thousand dollar advance when you're applying for the eidl and if you don't end up getting the eidl they'll let you keep the 10k and it's it's up to 10k but they'll let you keep it all right, all right. the the paycheck protection program if you end up doing that and you got the 10K advance and you end up doing the paycheck protection program and they approve you for 75K and you, at the end, you did everything right and you, you, uh, you were given the 75K in loan forgiveness, they will subtract the 10K in the advance that you got from the 75K. So they're okay. not going to give you free money twice. Got it. Got it. All right. And then the last thing that I will say, um, that a lot of people are wondering about, and I would imagine it's probably pre uh, uh, pretty relevant in, um, in gyms, is uh, they have changed the unemployment rules so that, or I'm sorry, self-employed people will be able to uh, qualify. So if for some reason you've just never been profitable or you just started and you'd never paid yourself and you don't actually qualify for any of this PPP money, um, you, you should look into the unemployment uh, because if all you have to worry about is yourself, um, that will be a way that you'll be able to keep money coming in. And again, you'll be able to get $600 over whatever the state, I'm sorry, $600 a week over whatever the state would already approve you for. Um, so it's at least like 2,400 bucks a month. Plus, every person that makes 75000 or less in the country is going to get a $1,200 check this month on top of that. So for those of you that are out there like that are, that are small, that are by yourself, um, those are, uh, that's going to be an option as well. So that's the a great option. Yeah. That's yeah. a great option. Okay. And, and uh, so two, two more questions here. Yeah. One, I'll stay on this particular category. We talked about uh, earlier on, you had mentioned this could be good for not only employees, uh, but it could be used for independent contractors that you have as well, correct? Yeah. yeah. Would I be considered an independent contractor for a fitness studio? If, there, you if we might, do a 1099. Like you, loud rumor? Loud rumor? Right. Like, like could a fitness studio say, hey, you know, this market I don't think so. I, I, I think that anything that's a service that's like another business that you're paying to. It's more of like if you're paying an individual as a 1099 who would be an employee otherwise. Got um, it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure on that. Um, but again, like we'll make, we'll make more rules uh, coming in the next couple of weeks. Okay, cool. And then the other question I have, just to kind of go back to you here, how to do this. So I make an appointment with my bank. I say, hey, I, I want to set up an appointment for this Friday, which is in a few days. 
to yep. go over, um, you know, this, this payment protection, uh, uh, what is it? Payroll payment, paycheck protection program. I want to set yep. up this appointment on Friday. When can we set up our appointment? What's a good time? So that's it. I don't say anything else. Uh, do and, I and, and, and can you please tell me as soon as you know what your bank's application process is going to be? Yeah. Can you, okay. So I want to make an appointment for this Friday and can you please tell me as soon as you know what the, what the application process looks like, what I need to prepare, all that yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. Okay. So now I set an appointment for Friday. I should already know by the time that appointment, if they followed up with me, if not, I should probably call that morning before my appointment and say, Hey, is there anything you need me to prepare for this meeting or something like that? Yeah. I go to this appointment. I do the appointment. At that point, do you know what I should expect in regards to how soon I should hear back if I get it and how much I get and when yeah. I get it and all that? There's the, the government, uh, the, sec the secretary of the treasury said uh, last week that when you go in and apply, they should be able to originate the loan the same day and disperse the funds the same day. Get out of here. Yeah. This wow. is why I'm, I'm telling you that the government does not mean for this to be like some complicated application process. The, the things that they want you to prove is that you were in business by February 15th and what your payroll costs were. These banks may make it more complicated than it needs to be, but it's supposed, they know that every day that goes by that they don't get the money into the hands of these business owners, more people are going to file for unemployment, which is what they're trying to avoid. So they are hustling to get this money out. I now, you mentioned something earlier before we started recording, which I thought was interesting. You said you want to apply right away and you want to get this money right away because right now they said, hey, here's what we're going to do. But if this thing goes on longer than eight weeks, they yep. may do a whole nother round, Correct. right? And, yep. and if you waited until the last minute until then, you may not get what everyone else did that went earlier. Yep. Everyone else got both. They got both waves. You may not get that first wave. You may only qualify for the second wave. So you basically right. lost out on free money, essentially. Yes, yes. Like my, I, I am a big, you know, the, the burden of hands were two in the bush. My yeah. whole life, I've been a two in the bush kind of guy. Like yeah. I'm always an optimist. I always like, I'm shoot, I'm a gambler, right? Yeah. Not in this situation. Like I'm taking that burden of hand right now because there is $349 billion available. And if that money runs out, who knows if they're gonna replenish it. If yeah. eight weeks comes and they're like, well, we're still screwed, we're gonna extend it for four more weeks. If you don't do it right away, you might miss out on both of those things. Because here's the thing, uh, these, the way that they're defining a small business is anyone with under 500 employees per location. So that could be that could be some massive restaurant chain that has tens of thousands of employees spread out all over the country. I can promise you that they're they're working pretty hard to get all that money right now. Yeah. So you don't want to you don't want to wait as like you know mom and pop shop in uh, you know in Springfield, Illinois, like me. And what bugs me is there are going to be there are going to be a bunch of people that are just lazy. They don't like to do the work. They don't want to gather the paperwork. They don't want to go to the bank. They don't want to do it. They're just going to ride it out. And they're just literally going to lose out on free money, which is funny because those are the same people that will be frustrated and negotiate with vendors like myself on why we're charging so much. It's like money, yeah. it's, it's weird, the scarcity issue that they have. And then here's free money and they won't go do the work to get it. So right. for everyone listening, I did a podcast about this a few days ago. You're responsible as a business owner to do all this. This is your job. 
This is what you're supposed to be doing. Yes. If you're not doing this, you shouldn't be in business. If you think you don't need to do this, and so you're not going to do it because you don't think you need to do it, you shouldn't be in business. You don't have the right to be a business owner and call yourself a real entrepreneur if you're not going to do this work because you're going to come up with some reason and justify it. Go get this stuff done. It's free money that your business can use. Your job is to find a way to get money. As a business, money is oxygen. You need to find a way to bring money into the business. And this has virtually no downside to it right now. And it's helping you with all the downsides you're currently going through. Yeah. So Nick, man, thank you so much for helping and sharing. Is there anything else I should know? Uh, one last thing, because it's the question I get a lot. What if I already laid people off? You, they want you to bring people back onto your payroll and use this money to, to pay them. So if you've already laid people off, you can bring them back. Uh, and like I said earlier, you can go retroactively if you wanted to uh, pay them for past uh, payrolls that maybe you've missed, you know, one or two. So, but it's, uh, so it's, it's the same roster. So you can't go get somebody new. You would have to go get that. person. That's back. the part I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure on, but I, I, the way that it, the, the way that the, like, I, I always fall back on the spirit of the law and the spirit of the law is that they want you to keep the same people employed at the same rate that they were employed at. I, I, my bank, uh, the SBA specialist and my commercial banker, I've told them, I'm like, please let me know. Cause I'm like, educating other people on it. Like I'm educating other chiropractors all the time about it. So I, um, so they should be getting me anything that they find out from the, from the SBA and the, the SBA specialist told me that they have a deadline of Friday to get direction to the banks. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping to hear something in the next, uh, next couple of days. So, but right. I've also heard that there's no way it's going to be done by Friday. And then it may be like anywhere from a week to four weeks before the money is out. So I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know for sure. You got it. It seems, Nick, I got to tell you, it seems a lot simpler than I thought it was. Like I thought it was yeah. going to be a lot more complicated and more difficult. And, and this seems like, dude, just set an appointment, find out what you need to gather, gather it. You get the money that same day, use the money for this stuff, still go apply for everything else you can apply for and just yeah. use this stuff first before you start spending the other money and use it for separate stuff outside of this list. That's it. That's basically the plan. That's the gist of it, yeah. Love it. Thank you, Nick. Oh, 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 I should ask this. Once this thing blows over and you need the loan forgiven, who do you reach out to? How do you do it? Or do they just- The bank. The, the same bank that originated it will be the one who determines what the loan forgiveness amount is going to be. So you'll, you'll come back in, you'll give them the documentation. They've got 60 days to, dis, deter, to, to determine what your level of forgiveness is. When would you do that? Uh, I would imagine as soon as the eight weeks is up. So if you, if you get the money on April 15th, you've got till June 15th. As soon as those eight weeks are up, I would, I would apply for the forgiveness as soon as possible. And, and, and if, oh, I'm sorry. And if, and it, this is another thing, if something, this is the last thing, if, uh, if something doesn't get forgiven, it will just get turned into a loan and that loan will be the maximum uh, interest rate you'll pay is 4%. And uh, they can go up to 10 years of a repayment term. So even if you only get 75% forgiven and you got 25% left over, it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's, they'll, they'll, they'll give you very uh, favorable terms. Yeah, 10 years at 4% is a really awesome. You're, not even gonna get, you're definitely not getting that on car. So. Yeah, and that disaster loan money, that's at three and three quarters percent. And that can be uh, repayment terms up to 30 years. It can be 10, 20, or 30 years. So that disaster loan program that we talked about, um, in addition yeah. to that, those are really good terms as well. Awesome. 
Thanks so much, Nick. For everybody else, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, Mike.